All right, gentlemen, are we ready? Hey, yo, yep. Ready. Commence. And welcome to another episode of Geek Fanthology. I am Neil the Great. I am joined this week by Muppet Mike, the one true Kermit, and Wookiees. Right? Yeah, Wookiee. Um, <laughs> and I think, I think, a little I think, more plus than usual. I think Wookiee should should have done his done something like Animal. <laughs> animal, Animal. If you couldn't, if you couldn't tell what we're going to be talking about today, we're going to be talking about the tra- the the classic Greek tragedy Lysistrata. No, wait, sorry, that's the other podcast. We're going to be talking about the Muppet Show, or well, not the Muppet Show, but the Muppets, the Muppets in general, mm-hmm. the Muppets. Yes. Um, but that will be in the that will be in the second two halves of the sh- of the uh, episode. The second two halves. <laughs> yeah, the two halves. <laughs> That's Muppet logic. That works. I want to go back to Sesame Street. <laughs> Refigure math. Tell me how to get how to get to Sesame Street. We'll, we'll get to the Muppets here, but first, uh, this week in geek, what? Uh, oh my God! Thank you. Yeah, there is a lot to be said here. So this um, week in geek news. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Just camp so, out in your local theater. Yeah. <laughs> um, San Diego Comic Con happened. Yeah. Um, Lots of which, trailers. So oh yeah, both TV and movies. Yeah. There's now yeah. about seven million trailers. Oh out. my God. Um, yes. Highlights for highlight highlights for me. Um, I, I actually really like the second trailer for Justice League and the new trailer for Thor Ragnarok. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, we need to gig about each of these separately. Um, they mm-hmm. had a new one for Black Lightning, I think. Yeah, the new TV series. Yeah. I didn't see that one. Very well yeah, they, done. Do you know of it? Roughly, yeah. Okay. I know Black Lightning. Later than of the uh, yeah. not the Inhumans. The uh, it's a it's DC. a DC character. It's a new CW series, but it's not tied oh, to the Air Black Wars. Lightning. Not. Uh, not Black Bolt, sorry. Yeah. Right, yeah, no. Inhumans or <sighs> Bolt, Lightning, it's understandable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. He is a DC hero who can control electricity. Yeah, no, it I remember is him. a CW show that is not tied to the Arrowverse. Right. <laughs> and and they I love the concept of it in that there he he tried to retire to you know, to so Be there for his family basically. Yeah. And uh since he's been gone, since you've been gone, I'm too old for this shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, the bad guys have come back, and <laughs> yeah, it's it's got some really good. It's got a really good look, a really good feel to it, because evidently it runs in the family. It, it is the same. Sorry, guy I'm gonna making... have to interrupt just real quick. The gin and tonic is almost the, is one of God's most perfect cocktails. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Right here. <laughs> oh, is that what Neil's, is that <laughs> yes. what Neil's drinking tonight? Yeah. <laughs> They gin and tonic. Is it, it, it's sad that all of my favorite, co- all of my absolute favorite cocktails have have the word gin in them somewhere. But uh, <laughs> we've replaced, we've seriously replaced Neil's favorite favorite fruity drinks with simple gin and tonic. Let's see if he notices. <laughs> don't 
drink many froofy drinks. I, I drink know. a lot of froofy <laughs> 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 Phoenix Down is pretty froofy. And, yeah. I think that just comes with the territory when you get novelty cocktails going, right? Right. You're always trying to fit a theme, so yeah. Yeah. statistically they're going to be froofy. <laughs> the only thing I could really think of that would be, that would be... Uh, and since Kermit goes back to the 50s, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had to go there. <sighs> Man, I should have been an old-fashioned instead. What was I thinking? <laughs> I could make one this is my second drink tonight. <laughs> <laughs> second drink. So, I, I would argue that the Muppets are have a history but are not old fashioned. Yeah. This is true. But we can but, get into that after yeah, that. Yeah, but I don't have the makings for a Manhattan is the problem. Uh, right. I, see what you did I could do <clears throat> an old fashioned, but anyways, um, I have the so for Manhattan. We got with, uh, uh, with Black Lightning. Uh, when we're, it's made by the same guy who's been making all these other CW hero shows, which have been doing great. Yes. So I have high hopes for it. Yeah, and see, oh, season trailer for Flash came out. Oh my god. Yes, that looks so damn good. Um, and then what else we got? Uh, season uh, trailer for Arrow. Um, season trailer for. What else? Supergirl. 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 I'll tell you the, the, uh, the just uh, t- here uh, tomorrow. Uh, Legends of tomorrow. tomorrow. Lot, LOT. Yeah. Yes. I'll tell you the the trailer that dropped at, at Comic Con that I'm the most thrilled over, um, and that was the new trailer with the official release date for Kingsman Two. Oh my god. Yes. Oh my god. September twenty. twenty or twenty second. I can't 22nd. remember. And it's, it's like they it's like they went the Expendables route. Let's see how many big names yeah. we can fit in this action. You know. I, I would love for us to do an episode on Kingsman. I don't know whether we will or not, but I would love for us to do so. Um, right. Just because we should. Kingsman yeah. is. It's such a good movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a good bad movie. Yeah, and, and because and it's it's it is not it is not a film. It's a movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's a popcorn munching action movie, and this, the uh, golden circle looks like. Uh, and, and they're gonna take what was great of the first one and expand on it. And it's gonna have yeah. and it's gonna have the dude in it too. So yeah. right, yeah. And and Channing Tatum yeah. and Halle Berry and uh, God, and somehow. Colin Firth survived. Uh, Sorry, I must confess my ignorance. I have not seen Kingsman yet. Yes, we need. To <clears throat> it's definitely on my list. Dear God, how many movies are on the list now? <laughs> like, have we need to have we need to take like an entire weekend at some point and watch yeah. all the movies. Just like yeah, we, we need we need to take, get take an entire weekend, rent like a hall with a very big TV. Or projector, and just go through all these movies we need to watch. I actually know a place I could that we could potentially rent, and I, you know, and it truth just is, is if you need cost a lot of money, right? <laughs> or anyways, either way, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, Kingsman was a good bad movie. Yes, it was. Uh, it was. It was exactly what it was. It was, it was, it was a spy it, thriller. It was well, yeah, it was full a, of gadgets and yeah. and mayhem. And it yeah. was a stupid movie, but it was grand. It was grandly yes. stupid. Yeah, but, but yeah, that, also, they dropped the trailer for that. Sorry, we need to we need yeah. to stay a little bit on topic because um, how much more news do we have? Oh God! So we'll San Diego Comic Con. Not this week. Yeah, not just yeah. trailers, just like announcements. Yeah, I too. feel like I feel like really this um, weekend geek um, everything other than San Diego. If you want to find out what happened at yeah. San Diego Comic Con, yeah, Google it. Uh, it's like Google San Diego Comic Con. But there's nothing else. Yeah, it's the black hole yeah. of news this week. I mean, it's they, they do, uh, debuted uh, Captain Marvel's uniform. Yeah, and they also mm-hmm. hinted that, that uh, she may actually pop in in um, Infinity, Infinity War. She will pop in in Infinity War. But probably, um, I would expect she'll pop in, but not be powerful yet. Plug, plug, plug. No, no, no. She. Uh, oh, no. Captain Marvel <clears throat> takes place in the 90s with Nick Fury with both eyes. 
Oh, well. <laughs> she's been around. She's been around pre Iron Man, according to this, according to the information we got from uh, yeah. Comic Con. He's gonna yeah. Okay. Sam Jackson is. They're gonna do what they've been doing to all these other characters who have had to be in movies that take place earlier. They're gonna be de aging him. <laughs> for I don't know. Kind of really okay. Well, I, I don't know. If you really can't really well. Sam Jackson. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I you mean, know, really, except for give him an afro. <laughs> well, no, just, yeah, he doesn't really just doesn't dye his game. hair. What hair? <laughs> yeah. Well, make sure that if he has any hair, it's not gray. Yeah. Or well, white. I mean, but that, that's there's not piece. much you have to do to him. But mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've seen him have hair since Pulp Fiction. Um, well, he's, Fury does have uh, facial hair. Yeah, and there's gray in that. Well, I mean, like hair on your head, hair. Yeah, no, he hasn't had hair forever. No, uh, didn't he have hair? Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Yeah. Ah, yeah, that's true. Um, Although it was the same hair as he had in Pulp Fiction, just about. Yeah. (laughs) Um, My hair. But yeah. um, Oh God, yes. DC announced a couple of things for their future stuff. Um, Their Flash movie is going to be called Flashpoint. not just called Flashpoint, they're actually doing the actual Flashpoint story as it was in the comics. Which is why a lot of people are saying that Affleck is going to be exiting as Batman as well. Uh, which um, Affleck turned around and said that that's not true. That's yeah. not happening. I'm just ignoring all the Batfleck shit until yeah. something is final because yeah. I'm so sick but of this back and Jeffrey forth. Dean Morgan did say that he is expected to be playing... Batman for the Flashpoint movie. Yeah, but he's going to be playing Thomas Wayne, right. not Bruce. That is awesome. And it he's going to be pretty yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be I'm cool. still very worried about Justice League in DC. <clears throat> well, that's, the whole Flashpoint thing, that's very ambitious, so we'll see. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, any movie that but has... Flashpoint could completely rewrite yeah. their movie. I'm thinking that that might be what they're planning on doing, because... I don't think it'll change the act, who the actor is, though. No, right, uh, but, there's, but there's a lot... They really need to rework their universe, right. I think. I wonder if, if their movies did better, if they would even be considering doing Flashpoint. I feel like this is a built-in excuse for them to etch a sketch that shit. A lot of pundits are, are, uh, are circulating that particular thought, yeah. Right. Yeah. But then... Wow. Oh yeah! Any okay. any any trailer, any movie, where in the trailer you see Jason Momoa surfing a parademon down through a building, through a building, <laughs> and then across the street, and then hops off it and just goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, I, I love everything That's... they're doing with Aquaman. My problem is, I feel like they need to do more things that are less. My my main problem with DC as a whole, their film series right now, is that it's been very very grimdark. Yeah, it's been very and, and I think unhappy, taking, and, and yeah. in my opinion, there's only a few heroes, even in DC, that deserve the grimdark uh, treatment. Right. One of them is Batman. Yeah, yeah. but well, Superman does not, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think I, and what we've heard from from Comic Con is that the Superman that we're accustomed to, <coughs> the the real Superman, is coming out of out of uh, Justice League. I'm glad to yes. hear that. Um, because then I'm like, sick of I'm sick of unhappy modeling Batman or Superman. Superman, right? Yeah, because unhappy modeling Batman is Batman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was why I had to correct myself. <laughs> but uh, but I, the thing is, is they they also showed some things in that in that trailer, like Barry Allen. You know, was like it's great that you guys are all going into battle. Mostly, I just I just run, shove people and, and run, run away. 
I've never gone into battle before. Right. Most but, I've done is run up and run up and, and shove people. Right. Well, and, and the thing is, I can see Batman just going, shove them a little harder. <laughs> you know, because Not like Barry Allen isn't one of the most powerful. Uh, <laughs> He yeah, is literally one of, the fastest object in the universe. Yeah, one of my fa- one of my favorite uh, things. I think I brought it up here once or twice before. Is uh, I can't remember which comic it is. It's in, but Barry is running next to Superman, and Superman's trying to stop Barry from doing something. And Barry's like, "Clark, you're not going to." He's like, "You can't stop me." And he's like, "And." Superman's like, Barry, we've raced many times before. I've even won some of those times. And Barry just looks at Superman and says, "Clark, those were for charity." And then he is gone in the next in the next ring. <laughs> well, you know, and, and, and the thing is, is there are some things that I, I, I saw in the uh, in the trailer, like when he when he goes up against the Parademon, it shows up, he dodges, moves behind it, and the next thing you see is him pushing it, and then it goes you know goes through a wall and into another one. And I'm thinking, oh my god. They finally did to Barry Allen what needed to be done, as gave him the ability to impart speed force temporarily to something to make it go faster. He's always been able. Well, he's always was supposed to have been able to do. But, yeah. Well, yeah, but he can impart kinetic energy. It's not that he punches. It's just that he makes you go faster. Yep. <laughs> you know, um, which you're not prepared for. Clark, <laughs> but yeah, that's always been my favorite line of Barry's ever. Clark, those were for charity. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. One of the other bits of news that it made me really happy came out of Comic Con. Um, the new Ducktales series. He's gonna have Darkwing, Darkwing Duck in it. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I saw. The, I saw. Which the... is one great because it's gonna finally have them actually existing in the same universe, mm-hmm. and two may lead to him having his own series again. They exist in their own. They exist in the same universe. It, before, even though it had the same characters, it had Gizmo Duck. I know. In it, and <clears throat> and they even mentioned that they both used to work for the same person, but the series were part of different universes. Well, anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like I like the idea that yeah. you know I like that idea, and I saw anything I saw the, any excuse for Darkwing Duck to come yes. back is. Fine and the original voice actor is still alive, so I hope they still use him. I right? hope so too. Although yeah. I love David Tennant as uh, as Scrooge. Yes. Scrooge yes. He did a great Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, he did. did uh, they, there was the the uh, footage release. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, it helps that they really several. Clips. It does help that David Tennant is you know actually Scottish. Scottish. Yeah. But <laughs> actually Scottish. Yeah, and it's just like. And He's not putting on a brogue for that. Yeah. Well, and you know it's David Tennant, but it's still Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. You know, which is amazingly cool. Um, yeah, I've seen several clips for it. Some people complain about uh, the art style, like it's the com- it's the original comic art style, right? Like, and it's it's got, a little bit more angular, and, Dewey, yeah. and then they've got they've got the the niece, yeah, Webby, Webby. Yeah, it's a little bit more angular. Yeah, Mrs. Beakley is yeah. more like yeah. Alfred now. She's like she's mean. <laughs> <laughs> like you, anyone tries messing with the kids, and she'll like beat the crap out of them. <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it, so know. there there was that, uh, and I like I like the idea the whole thing with Dark. Uh, oh, was. and there was the trailer for Ready Player One. Yes, that Ready Player One was good, and full of all of the all of the uh, pop culture throwbacks. Uh, yeah. I am I am sorry. I fail everyone as a geek. I cannot get hyped about Ready Player One. I thought it was an okay book. I haven't read the book. Yet. It was an okay I book. It. I haven't read it. It was an okay book. Um, 
and I think it'll be a pretty good movie. I'm not sure if I'm yeah. excited about the movie. I just thought it was awesome seeing all the stuff that was in it. That's fair. It's just yeah. really hard for me to get hype about it for some reason. I don't know. And then what was the one that had Sweet Razor made of this? That was uh, that was Wrinkle in Time. We talked about it last week. That's right. right. Okay, so that one, yeah, we've already covered that one. Yeah. Still looking forward to that. Um, I think we did. They did the they okay. We did the costume reveal for Captain Marvel, Ant Man, and the Wasp. Michelle Pfeiffer casts Janet Van Dyne. Yes, for nice. Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, uh, and I, um, let's see what else. Do we, uh, so they're going to be bringing Janet Van Dyne back somehow. Cool. That well, hey, you know. Yeah. It, well, if it's a blink and you miss it kind of thing, but in Ant Man when he was in the microverse, uh, you see her. Yeah. Reflected in his in his visor. Visor. Yeah. Oh, okay. Defenders trailer dropped. Yes. Another one. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And well, that's gonna be uh, coming out in like five minutes anyway. So. Yeah. We <laughs> got another. <clears throat> so despite the fact that we do occasionally try to not talk about current media. There's so much current media to talk about right now. Yeah. I know, I know. And it's just um, going to get worse. Eventually, we're going to be like, well, we can't talk about this because we have to talk about this this week. Right? And we're not even going to ever talk about nostalgia. But, uh, yeah, I, I like they've got some new footage. Evidently, people at Comic-Con got to see the first episode. Yes. Uh, I know assholes. Yeah, I I don't, in a way, though, I kind of feel I like I asked my you... friend Marcus what, what, what he was in line for because he was at SDCC. Uh-huh. See, if you, I, I kind of feel like if you just watch the first episode, then you're going to just be hungry for more for an extended period of time. I would rather not watch that first episode because yeah. you know how it is. You start that show on Netflix and you're like, oh, God, I must see what happens next. Yeah. So to watch one more episode, episode. Would actually be a perverse form of torture. Yeah, what is that? From what I heard. I'm just thinking. From what I heard that wasn't of the first episode, the second. I I would have been mad seeing just the first episode. Yeah, but still, seeing Sigourney Weaver tell Madame Gao, finish feeding the birds, just, you know, do my light work. It's going, you are a badass. <laughs> oh, it's Sigourney Weaver. I know, there is that too. I don't think Sigourney Weaver is capable of not playing a badass. This is Because true. it's typecasting. Yeah, well, and, and, yeah, ever, ever since you know, ever since she faced off with an alien queen, nothing else has really been much of a, you know. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, the the things we did see in the in the rest of the trailer, they don't get along very well. Oh, of course not. But uh, Madame Gao's the crane mother. Yeah, there is Probably. one picture. There is one thing in in the and they um, there's one frame in the preview. And it looks as though he's actually hitting, uh, hitting. Uh, for some reason, I heard people uh, interpreting it that he was fighting side by side with uh, with Jessica Jones. But the punch, Danny throws a throws a cheap punch that just clears a room. The frame before that, the person whose hand is out, I finally managed to get the preview to stop. Right, is Madame Gao. <laughs> what you need to do is is just go through frame by frame. <laughs> Back into the left. Back into the left. <laughs> but it just um, it just. All right. Well, hey, that's what I'm excited about. 
Danny Rand actually using his fucking chi. Yeah. <laughs> what is because for Iron do? Fist, yeah, he used it like, he did it like five, six times. Three times, maybe? Yeah. Well, it's like, whatever, you know, it's like, whatever does your fist can do, it's chi. No, it's not. Oh, by the way, they have confirmed uh, season two for Iron Fist recently. Hopefully they... Hopefully, they... hopefully it's better. Yeah, that, um, that my thoughts right. exactly. We got ten minutes left in initial segment, uh, so after news... What have people been doing geeky-wise this week? I watched One Punch Man. One Punch! (laughs) (sighs) Very good. Um, I I realized I hadn't watched uh, any of the Middle Earth movies in a long time, so I rewatched all six over the last week. (laughs) And played a lot more Shadow of Mordor again. um, Preparing for Shadow of War? What have I been... I'm heavily preparing for Shadow of War. Uh, let's see. Uh, was, I haven't actually watched very much this week. Um, I I know I realize I'm about five, what two three years late to this game, but uh, the game that has consumed my soul in the past two days uh, is Stardew Valley. Um, I've been playing the hell out of Stardew Valley. Um, I bought it yesterday afternoon. Yeah, I see you playing that on Steam. Yeah, I'm this. pretty sure I've logged eighteen hours into the game at this point. I bought it yesterday, there. and Ooh, I worked today. <clears throat> so you I'm not sure. I think I might have broken the laws of time. <laughs> no, I. But no, I've I've played this pretty much every waking minute that I. You know that totally reminds me of when I played Hotline Miami and I beat it in a sitting, and it made it even better because it was at like night and everything was getting weird because I had been staying up all night playing the game, so it kind of like sucked me That's in. That's got to be really true. The atmosphere of the game, yeah, it was like. One of the most... Okay, I have to digress here a moment because this reminded me of something totally awesome. Okay, well, we got a few minutes. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Make, I'm getting well again. It's good. Uh, and that, that would also be a good little... Um, well, if not a whole episode, a little thing to riff off of is surreal gaming experiences. Because <coughs> they're tight. That was, that was one of them, is playing that in a sitting because as I got like more tired and it got later and the game got progressively weirder it was just like whoa this is like this is almost like an out of body experience this is so surreal and weird and awesome not sure if you do one express in gaming but I've got one for anime at some point I'll share but yeah anyone who hasn't played it Hotline Miami highly recommended it's amazing I've heard good things I just never got around to it mm-hmm. uh, so anywho that reminds me of a uh, another <laughs> well you know what I, I will leave that for when we do that because I don't want to. Okay, fair enough. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, unwrap all the good stuff. What are you on this week, but this week, Mike? <clears throat> um, well, my Heroes of the Storm addiction continues. <clears throat> um, they have this Suns Out Guns Out event where they have these like summer themed skins and sprays and banners and stuff. They have a. Uh, they have this uh, swimsuit tracer and Tychus and yes, a bikini stitches, who is the abomination from Warcraft Three. <laughs> I approve of that. <laughs> that is quite surreal and horrifying. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny. Like all the different skins, there's like a uh, there's like a zebra one and like a little giraffe one because he has like a little floaty that goes around him, like a little kid would have in a pool. And then instead of a uh, instead of a hook, he has like a little plastic pail and a shovel. It's pretty hilarious. But uh, yeah, Good that's, stuff. that's ending today. Um, playing that with friends. That's a lot of fun. Um, I. Uh, Started listening to the Critical Role podcast, the older episodes that they they put up whilst playing the game. It's kind of a multitasking thing. Because uh, I knew at some point I'd want to rewatch or re-listen. I have been listening to. That's the other thing. I've been listening to the audio uh, audiobooks for uh, Dark Tower uh, and getting prepped for the movie. That's 
right? That's coming out soon. Yeah. Um, also, Critical Role. That was another bit of news that came out of Comic Con. That's right. The official comic book. Written, for written their, by one Matt Colville. Yeah, Matt Colville's writing it. It's going to be covering their earlier adventures before the, the stream started. <coughs> one of these days, we're going to be that famous. You realize that, right? <laughs> right well, here's hoping. So, okay, um, one thing, I don't know if it's geek-related, mm -hmm. but Snopes.com is now in legal trouble, ownership issues. Really? Yeah, they have a, they have a Kickstarter, a fund me, fundraiser thing, uh, help save Snopes. I missed this one. This bit of bit of news. I just saw this today. They they hit it went. Did you confirm it on the notes? Huh? Why? But it is no exception. But yeah, evidently there have been some legal issues with income and who can do what and things like that. The sad part is that one of the players is one of the owners of TVTropes.com. Oh. Um, and evidently he, I don't, I'm not sure if he's cast as, as in the role of the villain in this particular situation or not. In my, in, in my experience, people, in, when it comes to nasty legal battles like this, there's very rarely a villain or a hero. Yeah. Right? But yeah, I was going to say, but he has moved <laughs> pretty to simplistic Puerto Rico, way of looking at it. Um, because of taxes as a tax dodge. Which is funny because it's still part of the United States, but still... But it's a protector. It's still a bit of a tax. Yeah, it's still a bit of a tax haven. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so there is that. I, I know it's not geeky per se, but for anybody who is interested in, because I know a lot of geeks are very, very, also slightly nerdy and they like to fact check. There's there's a bit of an overlap, I suppose. Yeah. Snopes has been one of the big things. You know, if if you had a you know question about something, you snoped it. You know. Well, it doesn't look like here from the New York Times article like Snopes is going to be going away. It's just a question of who's going to own it. Yeah. So it's a fight over who gets the ad revenue from Snopes. Right. Which and if who ends up as the COO. Right. And see if it's if it's anyone other than Mickelson, then you know I, I I'd be afraid that it would uh, that it would lose its its true spirit. Well, we'll see. Um, Anyways, that there was that. Mm -hmm. um, okay, well, uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, only one other thing to do before we get to the rest of the episode proper, and that is to provide this week's weekly spoiler. Um, what's a good spoiler this week? I think you know. I think we need to go with Rosebud. Yeah. Uh, yes, this week, yeah. This week's <laughs> well, this week's uh, spoiler. The spoiler of the week. Rosebl Rosebud is the name of a sled. From Kane's childhood. In Citizen Kane. Gasp. <sighs> Surprise. Shock. Gandalf. There will be some music, and then we'll be back with the meat and potatoes of the episode. Started. Why don't uh, you get, get things, things started? started? Okay, let's get things started. 
so tonight we are going to be talking about the Muppets. Um, just sort of general remembrances, happiness, uh, because tragedy has struck the Muppets. Kermit got fired um, no, 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 a couple that's weeks not ago. Tragedy. That's not that's tragedy. That's business. That's yeah. business. <laughs> tragedy was when Jack. It actually was happened back in October. Yeah. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. But, only, but we but, only just found yeah, out. Yeah, the news it. only happened recently. Yeah. 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 Well, Jim Henson dying. I feel like that's slightly old news. I know it that was tragedy. But that was tragedy. Yeah. This doesn't. It, it is kind of tragic because Henson did handpick this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To succeed him. Taught him to be Kermit. Taught him to be Kermit. Uh, but apparently, according to the Henson family and. The higher ups in charge, this guy started being kind of a jerk. Yeah, I heard there was business. There was business. There was a lot of issues with the business. Yeah, and but in any case, um, it still gives us a great excuse to talk about the Muppets. Yeah, this is true. I mean, when any any franchise that can get Tim Curry, <laughs> you know, and get him to play seriously to a puppet. Okay, they're not a puppet, but still. They're Muppets. They're Muppets. This is a very important distinction to be made. This is true. <laughs> they can get him to talk to you, you know. Hot stage, lads. This is my only number. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a shame, because it is his only number. Yeah. So what is the distinction between a puppet and a Muppet? Um, a puppet, uh, the, the distinction primarily between a puppet and a Muppet is the means of operation. Puppet typically, your uh, with a puppet typically, your hand is actually up inside the uh, the item, the the puppet, mm-hmm. in general. Whereas in a Muppet, typically you actually have an additional apparatus that gets uh, that gets controlled. Also, if you want to get into more semantics, a Muppet has to be made by the various companies mm-hmm. like you know the Jim yeah. Henson Company. Right. Also, typically they have more. Uh, it's like a TM thing. The idea of a Muppet is originally it's a it's a mix between a marionette and a puppet. Because right. frequently also have an arm and uh, and finger motion. Yeah, and finger motion. It's, it's right. a lot more like yeah. Raku puppetry than it is like real pup, like regular puppetry. Well, that's right. one of those things where it's kind of been like he's uh, Henson himself was has been quoted as saying different things throughout various interviews yeah. over the years. Where one of them was just simply, "Oh yeah, it's an amalgam of uh, puppet and marionette," and others, "Oh no, this is a very specific term that I coined." Yeah. Right. I guess they're not technically mutually exclusive, but it's kind of like, yeah. you know, depending on the day of the week is the answer you got. Right. And see, I learned uh, back when I was a teenager, uh, did uh, puppet ministry, and it was actually Muppet ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, largely thanks to the idea that I had watched the Muppets, and, and I was just going, why can't their arms move? <laughs> and so, yeah, we got the little things, and, we'll, and it was... Yeah, you get the little... You get the little uh, you get the little wire, the little, yeah. little wire things. Yeah. Or and if you're playing Rolf the dog or the Swedish Chef, you actually have your arm up a sleeve. sleeve. Well, actually, with those, yeah, you would have one guy operating the uh, the mouth, mm-hmm. uh, and we we alternated either having one, you know, having the other arm up the sleeve, mm-hmm. uh, and another person up the sleeve, or in this. Uh, very strangely, <laughs> you had one person who was doing the hands, mm-hmm. who was doing both hands, and that seemed to work better for us. Yeah. And you had, and because those mouths were so big, yeah. you had to get two hands in. Yeah. You had both of your hands palm down in order to make the in order to make the the mouth move in any believable way. Yeah. Uh, which was very, very uncomfortable for teenagers. <laughs> yeah. 
especially in a Christian church. The closest I ever got to doing uh, anything related directly to Muppets was I, uh, in high school, we did a production of Little Shop of Horrors. Ah, and um, I was not the puppeteer for the, uh, for, I was not anything specifically for that show. Mm-hmm. I was the understudy to practically everything instead. Right. Because I was the only other person who could hit bass notes uh, <laughs> in the entire company. Yeah. So I was the understudy to the plant and also the understudy <laughs> to the puppeteer of the plant. Right. I'm sorry, but the phrase... The understudy, understudy to, to the, the plant, plant. <laughs> just sounds so pathetic. Well, yeah. <laughs> you realize that the plant is, is the, 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 the plant right? is actually the most important role in the entire show. Yeah, right? I know. It I was so just the only other person who could sing bass. When you hear it out loud, though, it is just yeah. amazing. Yeah, it sounds less cool than it really is. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing was, it's the easiest job to do because all you do, you don't even have to memorize your damn lines because you are sitting off stage with a microphone and the script. Right? <laughs> you just hit your cues, man. <laughs> now, when, when we were doing... You gotta be able to read music or if you're right. more like me, just have a crazy good memory for... for like, I can't read vocal mu- male vocal music at all. Mm-hmm. But two days into rehearsals, I knew all of the songs. Right. Because that's how I learned. And and the thing with doing Muppets, I mean, I got I got a, a, I mean, Frank Oz, Jim Henson, uh, huh? Closest I ever got though. Right. Um, I had a whole new appreciation for everything they did by doing, you know, trying to do Muppets. Oh yeah. You know, even the way it's hard, freaking. Yeah. I mean, because you got your arm in the air the whole time, and you've got to project over so you can be heard. Yep. Um, if they if they have mics, you're always on. You don't get the chance to you know switch that mics off mic off because um, we we had a pretty good program in our church. Um, but uh, your approach, you know, coming coming up, yeah, you have to bounce up. You know, you can't elevator up. Although at one point um, when I was much more agile, I, I did I, I perfected the Dracula. <laughs> you know, the, the Dracula pop up, flat nags wake up. What's was funny is I was the only one that that thought to put the back and forth, you know. But but yeah, it was. I mean, your arm gets tired. Yeah, he does. You know, and then your hands. Oh my God, your hands get tired. Um, you know, that's part of the reason, um, you know, how most people have that little lump by their thumb. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if you can see it, but that lump looks like a fucking tumor on my hand. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, because you're actually using your thumb. Mm-hmm. For the make, entire lower Yeah, because you're not supposed to move. Right, you're not supposed top. to do the, you're not supposed to have their head right. go back and forth. Yep. <laughs> you know, oh, that gave me a headache. <laughs> yeah, when, I, when I was a kid, I... Uh, I used to complain in our children's church when I'd see the puppets doing that. Yeah, and yeah. They got tired of me complaining. It's like, so why don't you do it? Mm-hmm. It's like, since you know it's fake anyway, why don't you right. do it? It's like, okay. Well, we I ended up to... leading the puppet team. Yeah. See, we. Uh, I, I was so into it. We were doing our set's that. horrible. Me, me and my dad are gonna build a new set. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we built we built a set. Built with... armrests into it. Oh, you <laughs> bastard! I wish you. That's pretty <laughs> smart. <laughs> Brilliant! Brilliant! 
Well, we, we couldn't build armrests into ours. We tried, we but we never could really get it get it down right because we kept hitting them. Uh, <laughs> we tried so ours were, We did the PVC pipe ones, uh -huh. and then we just did another layer of PVC pipe with a two uh, like, like a, a two by four across it, mm -hmm. and so your elbow would just rest on it. Right on there, yeah. And it would be just perfect level. And, and then another two by four for your knees, so you just knelt on it and oh, go up over it. See, that's that was that's what we we had boxes behind ours, <laughs> and yeah, and, and just you know, your hands are up there. You're 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 moving your your, and you're also having to project, and you can't do it the right way because your arms all, you know. And it's hard to breathe from your diaphragm when you're when you're when your arms up here. Extend, <laughs> it's extended, right. yeah. And it's hard to project when you're void when you're having to tilt your head back to talk. Over the barrier, <laughs> um, but then we had the, we had a backdrop too. Um, it's gonna eat so much of your sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it just it, it just sucked the sound up. And yeah, of course, so how about them Muppets though? <laughs> well, and, I mean, this is this, yeah, this is, is Muppetry, but I, yeah, yeah, I think is, it's I think it's close enough. And you know, and then you're doing game. that. And did you guys use the the wire things for the arms? Uh, for some of them, we had some that had the sleeves. Right, we had one that had the sleeves. Um, um, I learned how to do. I learned how to do two hands at once. Uh, with the wires. Uh, with the wire things. Yes. Yeah. yeah, where you where you could move you could move them a little bit. You didn't have quite the same. You know. Otherwise, you were like peanut. <laughs> yep. Peanut foo. Kung Fu, you need both hands. <laughs> and there was one where I don't remember what it was for, but somebody wanted to do something involving a dragon. And oh, yeah. And like, we can't afford a dragon puppet. And I was like, well, how much, how much do you care what the dragon looks like as long as it looks like a dragon? It's like, as long as it looks like a dragon, I don't care. Yeah. And I had my Beast Wars Megatron dragon figure <laughs> oh. and I actually rigged a wire where it had a moving mouth yeah. and neck and yeah. I rigged a wire thing into it to where I can actually prop it up on the thing and it would it would sit up to where I could pull on the wire to make its neck move and then pull another one to make the, the jaw move right <laughs> and see uh, all of this was stuff that we had we had learned yeah watching the Muppets um because when I around. well yeah I mean when well when I was uh, that's what got me into it yes yeah. We uh, was watching the Muppets, and when we were doing it, we had one puppet that fell apart. The the cardboard inside the mouth fell apart, um, and I said, "Great, just pull the cardboard out, sew it back up, and I'll use that." And that was the most expressive Muppet we had, <laughs> because you could make their face scrunch up like yeah. Kermit's did. Yeah. Kermit taught me that, you know that you know yeah. the, their their faces are you know. I broke the cardboard in that one, as a matter of fact. That was my fault. That's the patent that looks like you suck it on a lemon face. Right. Because <laughs> 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 um, I broke the cardboard in that because without thinking, I tried to make it frown. <laughs> you know. In character. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and, and we, we learned, I mean, as kids, we learned voices. Um, and the other thing that I think about the Muppets... Um, and this is the thing that really gets to me because um, I've known too many people who have gone through this as kids. Um, kids relate to puppets better than they do to people. Um, 
and I'm thinking in, in particular of a kid who could not tell a prosecutor um, about sexual abuse that he was going through until they used a Muppet. And she could tell Big Bird where the person had touched her and things like that. I think she was actually using Big Bird. Um, and that that actually kind of led to a whole... Uh, Show me on this puppet where the man touched you. Or they would talk to the puppet. And the... Uh, it was it was weird just because afterwards she set the puppet down and said Big Bird's dead now because Big Bird acted as a surrogate for you know whatever breaking trust that she had to do in order to get past that so here's um, a question mm-hmm. was there uh, does anyone know if there's ever any like actual official Muppet connection and those kind of things like if they like were okay with people using the official branded stuff for that kind of thing well for law enforcement since there's not a since there's not a profit motive involved <clears throat> yeah. and it's not for performance I don't think they can really say anything legally yeah and that, really that falls underneath the umbrella of yeah, whatever fair, fair use, use or whatever the yeah. Equivalent would be in that context. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it, it doesn't have to be a specific one. They can just use a puppet. But I learned right. that they learned that the case too. Um, but you think if they if they're familiar with keep the talking about puppet, another drink, it would be it would be easier. <laughs> yeah, you know, or muppet in this case. Yeah, well, and because when we would, uh, I I don't know if, if you I mean you did it at church too. You did it with the did you do any shows for the younger kids? Yeah, it was usually the younger kids. Right. And they would sit still during those puppet shows, which was stuff that, you know, with, with there during were, the shows. There were plenty of time. I mean, now I'm drinking old-fashioned. <laughs> adults have the hardest time being on time for things, especially right. in churches. I don't know why it is, but I was always on time for things. And so whenever the kids were having trouble sitting still, I didn't prompt shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we would, and it would get them to sit down and be quiet. And we would, um, we would, um, and, and that's, that's the weird thing is about Muppets is kids just love them. I think it's why Sesame Street, why is, Sesame so, Street is so great. Yeah. It's so effective. <coughs> I mean, I, it's hard to say that, would you say that everyone in this group, in, in this, in this room grew up on the Muppets? Oh yeah. Is actually, always, my first, my first exposure was the Muppets in Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. I actually um, never, as a kid, never watched Sesame Street. Really? But I did grow up with Muppets. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat, actually. Mm. I didn't really watch Sesame Street. I, I mean, a lot of TV. I, I had some Sesame Street adjacent stuff. Like, I saw, like, a kid's book or two with mm-hmm. some Sesame Street characters. Uh, actually, that was uh, Grover's There's a Monster at the End of There's this Book. There's a Monster at the End of this One book. of my all-time Such favorites. A book. Yeah, right? it's classic. I'm going to leave that light on because so the fan can run. But I, I never actually watched the show, per se. And then another thing, when I was, uh, gosh, it was like maybe first grade or so, uh, when we had music class, which was just, you know, just singing in our little room, essentially, you know, just the basics of, you know, singing and learning the ABCs of musics. Yeah, exactly. Of, like, scales and stuff like that. So that was one of the Rainbow Connection, and then the other one was Moving Right Along. Which was, I think, Miss Piggy. No, no. At, Moving right along is Fozzie and... Uh, Fozzie. Uh, in the That's right. movie. Right. Um, my, 
Um, I grew up on waka waka. two different, <laughs> two radically different forms of the Muppets. Because simultaneously, when I was a kid, I was watching um, Sesame Street, but I was also watching reruns of The Muppet Show. Ah, yes. The original The Muppet Show. Yeah. Which, very, very, because, it, you know, goodness, some of the stuff they did in that was downright raunchy. <laughs> what is, it's like, yeah, it's like the old Looney Tunes. Yeah. See, I grew up, okay, my first... You grew up on Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I used to watch Captain Kangaroo. Yeah, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, yeah. you know, when there was new episodes coming out. <laughs> um, well, but, to be fair, I think we all had new episodes of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood coming out. He, the, the Fred Rogers kept doing Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood until he was like 85. Yeah. Uh, what a great man. But we, uh, because I remember in the morning when my mom would drop me off at kindergarten, um, you know, Sesame Street was on. That was the the only time we were quiet during the day. And it was the same thing. (laughs) Electric Company. uh, uh, We, yeah, watched Electric Company. uh, But, you know, also when uh, there were new episodes of the Banana Splits and uh, Dr. Shrinker and all the old, old. Uh, was it Hanna Barbera? Yeah. So this is the Ben dating himself episode. Yeah, well, yeah, but he, but it's well, that, wait, that's every episode. <laughs> <laughs> growing up on on Sesame Street back when they were still probably all on LSD. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> There's back, some okay, stuff. Sesame, that... Sesame Street before anybody but Big Bird saw Mr. Snuffleupagus. While Mr. Hooper was still alive. Yeah, I still um, get tear. I still tear up when when I remember that Mr. Hooper's dead. That that that, that episode. Is killer, and I wasn't even alive when it first came out. When it first yeah. aired, yeah, and that, yeah, that that wrecked. It's a powerful episode, yeah, because instead of like doing something where Mister Hooper, because Mister Hooper's actor died, yeah, uh, instead they, of doing something you know where Mister Hooper moved and they they had a replacement for him, but no, instead they had this really really powerful episode where Mister Hooper died. Yeah, well, Sesame and, Street always... And Big Bird had to deal with the fact that his best friend was dead. Yeah. best adult friend. That's something they never really covered in Sesame Street before, is it? Um, Sesame Street's covered a lot of stuff mm-hmm. uh, via the Muppets. Yeah. Um, they covered death. I mean, they covered... Yeah. Uh, I just... I can't even... They've recently covered HIV AIDS uh, because there's a Muppet mm-hmm. who is HIV positive thanks to birth. Uh, they are they they're covering autism. Yeah, they're doing a great job covering autism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and um, I it just Sesame Street. Although I have never found the way to Sesame Street. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, well, I was asking the song. One, two, three. Sesame Street in in it's in New York. <laughs> right, somewhere in New York. <laughs> but you know, even the even people. Can, can you tell me how to get to Sesame Street? Yeah. Anyways. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Muppets. We're going to Hollywood to to uh, to become rich and famous. Would you like to come with, come with us? Nah, that's all right. I'm going to New York to get into public broadcasting. <laughs> <laughs> but now you're an icon, you know. But well, yeah. they're both icons. Yeah. Well, it should it should bear mentioning since we were mentioning <laughs> you're talking about that gag there. Uh, the uh, the Muppets have their own star in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and so does Kermit the Frog. Yeah. Yeah. Kermit's special. Kermit's always going to be special. Well, he's the OG, oh, yeah. man. Yeah, he's, he's the original he's, Muppet. He's the O.M. The O.M. <laughs> the yeah. yeah, he is the sound <laughs> the universe makes. But the thing that I think about the, the Muppets is that always, no matter who voices them, they're eternal children. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I feel like Pickford. Kermit is. I feel like Kermit is perpetually middle aged. <laughs> yeah, Kermit. Yeah. Is, <laughs> Kermit is still perpetually young and hopeful, though. You know. Um, but you know, Big Bird. Oh, Big Bird is the, you know, the ultimate epitome of the yeah. perpetual child. Elmo. Elmo. Yeah. Elmo has been. Uh, Elmo is older than I am, and yet he is still three. Right. Or four. Yeah. Something along those lines. So you know, there, there's always something to, uh, you know, uh, to, to relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, how many of us grew up singing our numbers and our letters? You know, I never sang my yeah, numbers. Not once, except not so for much. one, two, three, four, you're five, you're five six, six, seven, eight, nine, nine ten, 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 eleven, twelve. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I could only, but I could only sing up to twelve. Right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, at that point I was, you know, I had no idea what the what you know how many eleven was. Also, I knew the word, but I didn't know yeah. how much it was. Also, sometimes I was convinced that uh, seven came after twelve, <laughs> um, because that pinball animatic was great. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. But uh, so I said a lot, but whatever, yeah. it's great. <laughs> it was great. Shut up. <laughs> shut up, now. Yeah. Um, Neil, if you could just you know kind of shut up, that'd be really nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, that um, was Kermit doing the office. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. Um, shall we address that elephant in the room? Oh, the new the, the new, new show. The new show, show that got canceled. The, show that the recent show. Yeah, oh. the newest show. It was. Um, to I had betrayed everything. I thought that it was a very poor direction to take the Muppets. Yeah, it was kind of like they tried to update the Muppet show. Into a TV show as opposed to a stage Why show. Why not just do the Muppet Show again? Yeah, I mean, do you know how freaking many people would love to be on the Muppet Show? No, because they wanted do you to know try how, something different. Do you know how easily you could get Jack thing. Black for like every episode if you really felt like it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, anybody. I mean, there's no person. I don't think there's any star in the world who would say no unless they're a real asshole, in which case I don't want them on there. Yeah, um, <laughs> say no to to, sh- to sharing a stage with Kermit the Frog. Right. You know, to be. I mean. Prince did a show, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, and and they had a way of really capturing, you know, actors as opposed to their parts. Yeah. Well, I think it, it kind of instills a that that childlike wonder in the guest star. Yeah. So then it, you have a genuine appearance, which then it's a bit of a circular thing where it feeds on itself, and that's what makes it so interesting because you hear, oh, so and so is going to be in the Muppet Show, like. Hey, I really like that person. It would be interesting to see, you know, like... How do they deal with a guy who throws exploding fish? <laughs> right. Well, sure, there's that. There's okay, the I'm, admittedly, um, th- th- what's his name in his acrobatic fish? They're not exploding, but still. Uh, yeah. Boomerang fish, sorry. Yeah. Uh, remember when... Crazy Eddie, how our place with electricity. ...was on the Muppet show for Star Wars as Luke Skywalker? Yes, I remember that one. That was I remember turning tuning in that one just because you know I expected to see Luke Skywalker, but I got glimpses of Mark Hamill. You know, and that was that was really cool. Um, uh, Carrie Fisher was on there uh, at mm-hmm. one point, wasn't she? I think so. It, yeah, uh, Miss Piggy, I think dressed up as Leia. Right. I think the weirdest part I've ever seen the ever the the, the most interesting thing I've ever seen. I can't remember the name of the actor, but he's the guy who in every single. Uh, Broadway uh, run of Cabaret has played the MC. Um, 
sorry, this I might be going over everyone's head here, but inside baseball, he, <laughs> um, but he was on the Muppet Show, and it's really weird because if you know Cabaret, the MC's kind of debaucherous, <laughs> and he's on the Muppet, and and he's just like, <sighs> sorry. Well, it, you know, and, and you you get. And he sings the the he sings uh, uh Bon Venue Welcome, um, which is a really great piece. But <laughs> and, and they did such you know they did such amazing stuff with puppets. Yeah. You know the musical numbers that well, some of it was kind of psychedelic. You know. Yeah. Phenomena. Yeah. Phenomena. Phenomena. Yeah. Well, we established the LSD phase, so that's not too shocking. So. If you had to pick a favorite Muppet character, other than Kermit, other than Kermit, mm. Gonzo the Great. <laughs> I, I honestly, I would, I like Gonzo more than I like Kermit. Mm. Except, uh, I, except I for his never, representation in Muppets in Space. I can never remember their names, but the two old geezers. Are oh yeah, oh. Stabler and Waldorf. Oh, yes, they're, they're pretty Waldorf. great. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I saw um, especially in the Muppet Christmas Carol. It's kind of cheating because there's two, but that would honestly be my. Stanley and Waldorf are great. Yeah, they're always. Yeah. I was they're always together. I saw a really. Uh, I can't remember what con it was at, but I saw a couple of people who were together and had done Stanley and Waldorf make it makeup and had made a balcony that they were just walking around in the whole oh. time, and they and they heckled. Everything. <laughs> oh god! Like, oh, like you have to if you're doing Stantler and Wall. Right, exactly. <laughs> and they had done the makeup really well too. Like they had done like lines on the jowl so it looked like he like yeah, they looked yeah. like puppets. Right, right. Great. That was awesome. Yeah, that, I wish you got a picture of that. Yeah. That's sounds uh, like quite the experience. Yeah. yeah. God, I I have a hard time picking a favorite. The thing is, is I really don't like Miss Piggy all that much. Miss Piggy's a bitch. Yeah, she really is. You That's know? what that is what is endearing about her is she is she, she is the you, queen bitch. She reminds me of Hot Lips Houlihan. Exactly. That's that, a, that is a good analysis. analysis. See, here's the thing, thing though: is I never found that endearing. I just found her grating. Yeah. Well, my mom's a big fan of Miss Piggy, and a lot of people are a big fan of Miss Piggy. Uh, me, eh. Miss Piggy, is so very hit or miss for me. Yeah. Um, well, that's she really she is the poster child yeah. for domestic violence. Was, uh, but, <laughs> but I gotta say, um, that was one of the things that really made me loathe um, the new, new Muppets. Because right. it centered on her more? No! Because she broke up with Kermit! Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know. I mean, it's like, Miss Piggy, that's the best, that's the greatest Kermit thing is ever the best thing that ever happened to Miss Piggy. This is true. <clears throat> and... Well, or she's I the like, worst thing that ever happened to Kermit. Well, yes, yes that's true. Depending yeah. on which way you look at it, not mutually exclusive. Um, the the female member of the band. I can't remember her name. I can't but either. She. Is, I will say, however, that band had the best band name ever. Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 and I have to kind of give it to that to them. Yeah. You know. Um, no, I other than that, mm-hmm. but Fozzie, mm, I don't know. I liked him, even even though he was irritating. Well, yeah, but that was his shtick, was that he was a bad comedian. Right. <laughs> yeah. Waka waka. 
But um, he was always a bad comedian. Yes, yes. but he was, and, and but he never let the fact that he was bad get in the way of his performance. This is true. Yeah, and I think that was the thing I liked the most about him is that he was always just being himself. Mm-hmm. You know, um, well, that's all. That's always why I, why I liked Gonzo. Mm-hmm. Gonzo is certifiably insane. Yeah, chicken dog. Whatever. <laughs> he was in love with a chicken. He married Camille at one yeah. point. Um, Camille? What's her name, Camille? Camilla. Camilla, thank you, not Camille. Camilla. Um, and I never saw Gonzo is insane. Gonzo just has, just sees the world very, very yeah. differently than anybody else. Yeah, Gonzo is a creative type. His Gonzo is Malkavian. Well, Gonzo was Gonzo <laughs> was the love child of Piggy Malkavian. Was, Piggy was hot lips. He was cleaner. Yeah, yeah. He was. He was. Uh, w- w- what's the artistic one's? Uh, Toreador. Yeah, Gonzo was the love child of Malkavian and a Toreador. That would be a scary thought. <laughs> because he was always very much, um, especially in the first in the first season or so, he was very much about the art. Yeah, he was the performance artist. Yeah. And now, and, 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 and in our next segment, the great Gonzo will eat a Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah. And he proceeds to do so on stage. Right? <laughs> Usually as a cutaway gag to backstage while, they, while something bonkers goes on, you know, goes wrong. But, right. And of course he gets booed off stage almost every time, too, because nobody gets him. Mm-hmm. Right, nobody gets him, but... He, it all makes sense to him. Yeah, the artiste. You, and that's the thing, is it all makes sense to him. It's not mm-hmm. like there's the loose logic of true insanity. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, now that we're discussing all these uh, quirks and shticks and stuff, I think that is part of what makes the Muppets so identifiable to, identifiable to people of all different ages and backgrounds and whatnot, is that there are these archetypes of actual people mm-hmm. that you see in the Muppets throughout mm-hmm. your life. Yeah, a lot of people have met the, you know, the uber bitch and Miss Piggy. A lot of people have met the the offbeat artiste that no one really seems to get, or only like two people get, or whatever. Yeah, right. You know, right. A lot of people have seen the pe- person who thinks he's so funny and he's always cracking jokes, but he's not funny at all. But you still you love know? him. Yeah. Kermit's but God did. Kermit's the nice trying. guy that everybody walks all yeah. over. Kermit. <laughs> yeah. Kermit. The finish is, is the, last. Kermit is the ultimate straight man. Yeah, he is the he is a straight man to everybody. To everybody he else. is the straight man to the to the rest of the madness of the Muppets. Mm, Kermit, Kermit, I think Kermit is the straight man who who knows what's going on. He's the straight man who knows he's a straight man. <laughs> well, it's like okay, it's like when uh, Vincent Price was on, mm-hmm. and Kermit shows up with fangs and bites him. <laughs> you, know, you know, total reversal. Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and 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 Kermit is. I think Kermit is also the everyman of the show. Yeah, he, he is the everyman. He's like he's like well, he's kind of a standing standing for the audience, isn't he? He really is. In, in many occasions, at least. Yeah, in many iterations. For our, he, you know, and, and um and, and for uh he tries to appease everyone. Yeah. Yeah. For for the people who don't know what the heck we're talking about, a straight man is the person that the that the comedian plays off of to make their jokes frequently right. in Abbott in, to Costello. Yeah. Um, or a, a more modern example Teller to Penn. Yeah, yeah, the more modern example I like to use is Jerry Seinfeld and Seinfeld. Cause really I mean yeah He's he, the straight man to everybody else. He, yeah. he has he has his own, you know, neurosis going on just like all the characters because the common theme of the show about nothing is they're all horrible people. Yeah. But I don't know of those people I feel that he is the most like 
you know, uh, it is the related uh, reactionary. I don't know. I feel yeah. like George is, is a lot of the straight man in that one. Too, <laughs> I would beg to differ. George George is the conniver. I could never he's, get into that show. So I, yeah, I never could, could either. To, he's to the a, steamer. To, but but then to be fair, everyone appears straight when compared to Kramer. Well, yeah, this uh, is true. So. Everyone's a straight man to Kramer. <laughs> um, you know, but um, not that there's any. It's like anybody yeah. ever <laughs> playing to uh, Weird Al. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, or, to, or to pull, or, or to pull way back, Margaret Dumont to Groucho Marx. Okay, that's a good one. Um, way back, Michigan. Also, uh, Alice uh, Kramer, uh, Alice, Alice to uh, Jackie Gleason's character in um, the Honeymooners. Wow. Yeah, Jackie. Rico Ricardo to to Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there's always the serious one. Yeah, you've got the person I mean, who is trying really hard mm-hmm. to make the world be normal among, amongst hijinks. That is the straight <laughs> yeah, right, right. Dean Martin in every Jerry Lewis movie. And inevitably, <laughs> Dean Martin. And, and oddly fast. enough, Jer- uh, Jerry Lewis in a couple of Jerry Lewis movies to himself. <laughs> to himself. <laughs> Except for the nutty professor in which he was the fucking scary guy. Well, he was the straight man and the comedian in that case. Because yeah. he played frequently off of himself slightly. Yeah, this is true. That was what that was actually the main one I was referring to. Yeah, but, but <laughs> we, he just got... A lot fucking scary now. Yeah, I feel like the um, sentence, uh, like Jerry Lewis playing it straight against himself, is pretty much that encapsulates Jerry Lewis. Like, yeah. if that you boiled it down, that would be it. That's right. the bumper sticker. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Kermit was a straight man, but he was also, like I said, he was the self-aware straight man. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he was a straight man who was in on the joke. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, he yeah. He was the straight man beside Which a lot of the time, the straight man, the straight, the, what makes the straight man funny, what makes their reaction is that they're not, you know, in the show. Right. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, it's like, uh, if you ever watch the classic Who's on First. Yes. Right. <laughs> and I which saw is, that for the first time several months ago. When I was in massage therapy school, a friend of mine and I, uh, that I worked with, actually did Who's on First. Uh, we, we, you know, we got the timing and the beat down. It was a whole, it was hilarious. It is fun. maybe the perfect comedy routine. It really is. It really is. It's 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 right up there with like. Well, it takes timing mm-hmm. and the and the unknown or the not the unknown but the <coughs> uh, the unusual. Yeah, and it, and it takes Costello Costello losing his shit to Abbott more than once. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Costello was a genius. So was Abbott. Yeah, um, they, they really were. And you know, it really is hard to do that one. I mean, it's yeah. really hard to get that one. I can't right. remember what. It's Lou Costello. I can't remember what Abbott's. Bud Abbott. Bud Abbott, thank you. Um, but, you know, and with the, with with the Muppets, Herbert was a straight man to everybody. Everybody else. And he did. So, they did such a good job of it because, quite frankly, Jim Henson was the perfect straight man. Yeah. Um, because when you hear Jim Henson talk, when he doesn't have the Muppet on the arm, you still hear Kermit. Yes, you do. <laughs> or yeah. Rolf, or the Swedish chef. Yeah. Okay. First we take the turkey. Then we baste it with the with the lushishush. <laughs> and the thing is, is if you know how to listen, and I think this is the reason why I've I've become so good. I became so good at picking up accents. Mm-hmm. You can understand everything the Swedish. Yes, you says. can. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, yeah. We take the bushy, then we stir the bushy. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, mangling the English language and still making it understandable. Indeed. And, and when you look at the legacy of the Muppets, you know, you have the Jim Henson Company, yep. which gave us things like Farscape. And the Dark Crystal. Yeah, the Dark Crystal. Dark Fraggle Rock. Fraggle, Fraggle Rock. Rock, yeah. Jim Henson's Storyteller, which I think is a massively uh, underrated uh, uh, work in the Jim Henson oeuvre. Storyteller was just great. Yeah. Okay, and, and Dark Crystal, that's Brian Froud, who does the fairies type thing with Jim Henson. Mm -hmm. His visuals with Jim's ability to make that real. Yeah. Oh my God, Jim Henson Workshop, it, it just fucking yeah. amazing. Because when, when you look at things like, I mean, when you look at, at Farscape, a science fiction show with not one, but two Muppet characters... Yeah. That are integral to the whole thing. Pilot was one of the best characters in. Yeah, I love Pilot. Pilot was amazing, and the the great the, the fact that he was also uh, uh, also voiced by the same guy who did who played uh, the the general who was after them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Who's the other Muppet you're thinking? Because I can't I can only think of Pilot off the top of my head. The Imperator. <laughs> Sorry, it's yeah. been a long time since I've watched Far. I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And I can't remember his name, yeah, but you know the one with the helium farts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, him. I remember him now. Yeah, what's his name? Um, Rigel. Rigel, the like seventeenth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Freaking Rigel. I hate Rigel so much. <laughs> but when it came down to it, he was you know. But he, he was, was almost a good guy. He was almost a good guy most of the time, even when he. But even when he was betraying the team, he ended up being the good guy somehow. Yeah. Because his sense of because his sense of right and wrong wasn't quite corrupt enough, <laughs> right? Which is why he got uh, got ousted. But then, but then you also look at um, some of the other characters that came out of that show mm -hmm. that were uh, like um, oh the big guy. I had his name a minute ago. Uh, Sweetums? No, uh, with the rings. On his in his collarbones. Yeah, on your own, I haven't seen. It. Yeah, I, the only thing I can, the only big guy I can think of is Sweetums. Oh no, you mean from Far Farscape? Yes. Um, Dat? No. No, something. But yeah, that guy with yeah. the tongue. Yeah, and, the, and the, yeah, uh, that and, guy and, with the tongue. Yeah, you know, uh, who basically he was part Muppet. He was really good prosthesis, that's for sure. That's yeah, but you know, when you when you think of. Uh, I gotta say, um, one of the things that about that I had going that the reason I wanted to do this episode was because um, the cod dargo, cod dargo, yes. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to do this episode is because there's a couple things that I have a couple Christmas traditions that I don't think I mentioned. That I think one of them I got mentioned in the Christmas traditions episode last year, mm -hmm. uh, but one of them. Is something that I don't get to indulge that I haven't gotten to indulge in in a while because I haven't I'm, I'm, I haven't had the I haven't had it in a while. But uh, my favorite rendition of a Christmas Carol mm -hmm. is the Muppet the Christmas. Christmas Carol, um, because well, for one, Michael Caine is a really good 
uh, Scrooge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And two, I love Gonzo as Charles Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, because he played because he, he he plays it pretty straight. Right. Well, see, my my favorite is my favorite Muppet movie is Muppet Treasure Island. Muppet Treasure Island is really good. It was the it was, it was the first Muppet movie that didn't have Jim Henson in it too. So it had a lo- it had boots to fill. Yeah, but it, <laughs> but then they brought in what uh, Tim Curry. Tim Curry. They brought someone else in. Uh, was it? They um, they had. God, I can't think of his name uh, at the beginning. Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly. Blind Pew. <laughs> well, no, he was Billy Connolly wasn't blind. blind well. He might have been voiced by Blind Pew, but he also voiced, he was also the guy at the beginning who died and gave Jim the treasure map. Um, uh, I know you're talking about... No, no, I'm thinking, I'm thinking uh, a different character from Yellowbeard. Um, or maybe I'm not, I don't know. To the internet? To the internet! Yeah. Billy, Bones. Billy Bones. Yeah, he played Billy Bones. Um... Uh... Who played Blind Pew? Uh, Blind Pew? Let's see. Give me a second. IMDb is loading. Is loading slow today. <laughs> so I go to Wikipedia. Blind Pew was Jerry Nelson, who also played Stantler, Mad Monty, Floyd Pepper, Lou Zealand, to- The Tomato, A Pirate, Skulls, <laughs> Trelawney's butler and screaming cat voice. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only great thing about the Muppets is if you can make a different, make your voice different enough. Yeah, you have got work forever. Well, that's why Frank Oz is like everybody, half everybody. of half of the sh- uh, half of the cast, right? And it then, used to be yeah that like the that the Muppets was Jim Henson, Frank Oz, and guest. Yeah, <laughs> and puppeteers. It, it used to blow me away that Miss Piggy and Yoda were the same person. I know, right? And right? Grover. And Grover, yes, Grover and, and Yoda were the same person. Frank Oz, Frank fucking Oz. And he's also the guy who, uh, he's also the uh, the tax uh, clerk in Blues Brothers. Wait, wait, the monster then is, but was that Grover? That was Grover. Okay, Grover. I was mixing up Grover and Gonzo, I think. Yes, yeah. well, it's easy to do, even though Gonzo was not royced by Frank Oz. But yeah, yeah, great book. Gonzo the Great, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, Muppet, um, Muppet Christmas Carol is one of my is one of my, Christ- my regular Christmas jams, along with the MST3K episode of Santa Claus Conquers the Martian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah, Muppet Treasure Island was... The was the first and unfortunately only Muppet movie I ever saw in theaters. Yeah. Um, well, I guess not unfortunately because they followed it up with Muppets in Space, but I never saw that one. It, it was it it was not worth your time. <laughs> unfortunately, Muppet Treasure Island, um, while not the last good Muppet movie, was the last good Muppet movie that made it theaters. Yeah. Uh, they had some really good direct-to-video uh, stuff like. Uh, Christmas Carol was a direct mm-hmm. video. Yeah. Um, and Muppet Wizard, Wizard of Oz wasn't bad. I had not even heard of that one. It wasn't bad. See, yeah, but the Muppets. I mean, Gonzo the was the Tin Woodsman. I mean, you can't be all that bad. It's true. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the Muppets have this legacy that goes back. What did you say, Mike? 50s? 1955. Um, I yep. mean, I didn't, I didn't get to see them until. They were on Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. You know, 1972 was when I was in kindergarten. And to be fair, in 1955, 
we're talking about like a local show. And it was like Sam and Friends. Yeah. Yeah. That, that apparently that ran for like five years. Right. Or six mm-hmm. years possibly. And we're at you know 2017. That's like what 50, 67 years. Well, 62. 62 years. Yeah. yeah. 62 years. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy. Yeah. It's a shame that, that as a brand it's kind of dying. Well, when you lose someone like, I mean, when you get something that is started by a, by a, by a genius, genius yeah. like, you know, like Jim Henson, mm-hmm. you know, and Frank Oz, and now Frank's trying, you know, has to kind of carry all the voices on alone, but he was never really the driving force behind it no. as much as Jim Henson he was. was. The, he was the voice for Miss Piggy and yeah. uh, others. But Jim was the one, I think, who, who had that vision, who saw that. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it it needs it needs someone back at the helm, who is not creatively yeah. brilliant, someone who understands what Jim mm-hmm. was wanting to do with it, and childlike in in uh, that's the word, yeah, in, in creative brilliant, but yeah, also not naive but optimistic, yeah. Have that childlike optimism. Like I said, childlike in disposition. Yeah, it's the same thing with any franchise. It's like what's going on with um, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who took over after Roddenberry was going to see Star Trek totally different from how Roddenberry sees it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why every version we've gotten since then has been drastically different. This is true. And not necessarily all of them are uh, bad, but no, all not necessarily of them bad. But um, the fan base is very, very divided on yeah. how they view Star Trek. No way, Trekkies divided over things. Yeah. No well, way. I think that's something that I think that's something that we as fans we get a little entitled. Yeah, we tend to be far. That that is something to to because I and I will throw myself in with that. Yeah, to, uh, to bring around to one of the reasons that we wanted to that we started this podcast. Um, all of us are fans of very different, uh, have very different, differing fandoms. Like yeah. Wookie didn't have, didn't think he was gonna have much to say about the Muppets today. I don't have a lot to say. You said a lot. <laughs> yeah, you have. You have um, spoken a great deal about it. But more no, than I expected. Yeah, but it's it's interesting because uh, a lot of times people like will, will, are using fandoms to divide. Um, yeah. You know, like I, I like Star Trek. I like Star Wars. I like them both. Yeah, or, yeah. I'll, and, I'll, and I know what they're, they're both good. Yeah. And who's your favorite captain? Cisco, but that's beside the point. Uh, Which who's is my favorite captain? Solo. Who's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite captain? Is Sheridan. But <laughs> Star Trek goes. That's a perfectly reasonable answer, and that's fine. That's yeah. not my choice, but that's still fine. Yeah. 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 The, the real quote. The, the real response is, "Who's your favorite captain? Cisco's mine. What's yours?" Yeah. Exactly. And that's what that's supposed to do is be able yeah. to bridge that. You know. The kind of things that bothers me is like uh, we have a friend online who absolutely hates Star Wars and his only reason is because the fans take it too seriously. Has like, he ever been to a Trek convention? That's what I said. He likes, <laughs> he likes Star Trek. He's a Trek fan. You know, people, he said he's mad at CBS and Paramount right now. You know people created a language out for Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wrote the book on taking it seriously. Okay, now, it's a con. Well, to be fair, he like and this is the thing, it was a con line because Roddenberry wanted it to be a con line. Right. Uh, this yeah. last Saturday, he mentioned that he liked Rogue One, but he doesn't. He won't acknowledge it as a Star Wars movie. 
And I can see his point there. Rogue One is very different from it all the It is very Star different. Yeah, it is. But, and he's even said, he said the, the, he said the movies themselves aren't really bad. It just, the fans ruin it for me. Yeah. That's the problem. Never... Like, I've had more issues with Trek fans mm-hmm. than I've had Star Wars fans. And, and that, and oh, that's, right. you want to try, try going... We're trying. getting divisive. Let's stop getting yeah. divisive. <laughs> I mean, the, the because the is, point is, we want to not be divisive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we think it's supposed to bring people together, not... Yes. Yeah, could not get tribal and insular and, and nasty. Right. I mean, and we were, what we were talking about with, uh, like, the Muppets. They need somebody who understood Henson's vision. Right. Um, I think, like, we're getting that with Star Wars, and we're getting that with Marvel. We're getting Lu- it with Lucas Doctor is no longer Lucas is no longer in control, but the people who are in control get it. Yeah. Right. Stan Lee is not in control of Marvel, but the people who are get it. Yeah. And that's what happens when you let fans into the canon room. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Not you just know. people who say, see something and go, hey, people like this, we can make money on it, what yeah. can we do with it? Right. Well, it's a generational thing. You have a generation of people that grew up watching, reading, experiencing, loving this stuff, living, breathing, eating, sleeping it. So then they get their chance to actually produce content in that world in that universe or fandom yeah. or whatever and so they actually treat it with respect and reverence and yeah. that makes all the mostly yeah but then you get Stephen Moffat's run on Doctor Who but uh, well the thing is, is with Doctor Who like with uh, but even then the Doctor's been so different so many times that right well even with Doctor Who they've now started to let people let the fans do stuff like the the current the most recent uh, uh, Capaldi's Doctor Who opening theme, mm-hmm. done by a fan. My the favorite, my sequence. my second favorite episode of uh, of Doctor Who was written by a fan. Which one? Uh, the Doctor's Wife, written by Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman, okay, yeah, Neil Gaiman. <laughs> that would be fair. It's also Neil fucking Gaiman, but the fan uh, happens to be a professional author. You're right. Yeah, but Still, but he but he, he uh, Neil Gaiman. Uh, I read his blog too, um, and he said, "Today I got to live out one of my childhood dreams, and that was writing a script for an episode of Doctor Who." <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's one of my favorite ones. Is, yeah, fear me, I've killed them all. Uh, best Doctor Who line ever. <laughs> um, but it, it just. And I think that's the thing is, is we're learning that when fans take up the torch... The studios are starting to learn that, too. Yeah. yeah, I think the studios are starting to learn that. Is let the fans do the, do what they do. Let the fans lead the way. Yeah. And, and I think you're right. Geekdom's supposed to be inviting. Um, I think there is an element of Geekdom that is... This is our clubhouse. Get out. Yeah. But we um, need to, it, that that is a that is a habit that needs to be broken because so many so many people um, come to geekdom, you know, find are because we're weird, or because we have that's or because we have yeah we don't we have a thing that we love and mm-hmm. really that's that should be you know because th- there's all these memes of you know has a coll- you know has you know, a bunch of Star Wars figures and calls it their collection. Well, yeah, they love Star Wars. Let them. Don't. Don't try to make them feel bad because they don't love Star Wars the way you do. Um, you know, only, ha- only has twenty, o- only has five Star Wars collect- figures. Calls it a collection. Or yeah, or you know, I mean, some people are poor. Yeah. <laughs> well, some people are starting out. Some right. people have just you know, and 
we're, we're seeing more backlash against girls in fandom. My God. By the way, we still need to have an episode of... Uh, of <clears throat> all right, I'm going to introduce this episode and then leave and let the ladies talk. <laughs> yeah, okay. We need to make that happen. Yeah. As a corollary to the whole, friends, the whole insular them. tribalism, etc., pettiness... You see that a lot with video games too, uh, with online video games where somebody will like not, you know, somebody will either like make a mistake in a multiplayer game or they're learning the game or whatever and somebody will be like, oh, you you noob. And my response is, yes, they're new or I'm new. So assuming yeah. like that's yeah, the yeah. point. Guess what? When you started, you were new too. Yeah. You're not a god. You don't just start the game and instantly know everything there is to know. And I'm the best at this, you know, I have a perfect kill death ratio or I'm the best MOBA player to ever MOBA. It's just like everyone is new at some point. Yeah, Here's yeah. an idea. If you want them to play better, uh, constructive criticism. Encouragement, yeah. not all caps every time they, yeah. they're not playing perfectly to your it's, standards. It's, it's, it's that time of... You know, you Seriously, know. you've never had a bad game before? Right. Well, what is it like to live in your world? Exactly. Right. Well, I was just going, you know, because the thing is, is, and this is what I love about geekdom, for every, you know, for every person who is, uh, you know, you're noob, you know, yeah. I'm a better fit scrub. Yeah. Learn there to play. Is, there is somebody out there who's going to go, hey, newbie, come here. Let me show you what you need to do. Yeah. Let me, yeah you know, I think let me over time that, that has gotten better as a general rule. And, and I go to a lot of conventions, you know, as an author, and I am not afraid to say, tell me about your, you know, tell me about your cosplay. Tell me about the, this fandom. Um, but then again, I have the advantage of being at the top of the geek hierarchy. As a published author who's, who <laughs> has been invited, yeah. Yeah. who's been invited to the con as a, as a special guest and is trying to sell merchandise. Exactly. You know, um, I need to get new business cards for September. <laughs> We're going to be at a con in September. And September well, Ben yeah. is going to be at a con in, in September. I'm going to be there helping him hawk books. Uh, and, so. uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things more, where... More in, uh, details forthcoming eventually. Where, yeah, we as geeks... You know, we do need to, I think, borrow from Jim Henson. Mm -hmm. You know, in that, yeah, you know, come hang out with us. Yeah. Come be part of our fandom. I don't care if you've got a perfect, you know, perfect cosplay yeah. uh, or not. Um, uh, you know, I don't care we're, if you're the right gender for your cosplay. We're all going to Hollywood. We're all going to Hollywood to become rich and famous. Would you like to come with us? Yeah, you know, or I love that movie so much. I'm sorry. Well, and, and I think the Muppet movie is just grand. Yeah, and when it comes to the star being a Star Wars fan. I don't what you're a Star Wars fan. <laughs> the best thing for me about being a Star Wars fan is being able to introduce somebody else to it. Mm -hmm. Right. So if I meet somebody and they say, "Hey, like they saw Rogue One." If they saw Rogue One and that was their first Star Wars movie and mm -hmm. that got them into it, and they're like, I, that made me a Star Wars fan, and they haven't seen any of it, right? And if I get to talk to them and get them into it more and show them the rest of it the right way, <laughs> that would be like the as a Star Wars fan, that'd be like the best feeling ever. I mean, talking to other people who are already steeped into it is great. But so next week, are we going to do that episode where we try to argue that the prequels are good? Because <laughs> it would be I'll, fun I'll, to play I'll, a devil to do a devil's advocate episode. I will, I will, I will, pl I will play to the pre the good side of the prequels. Um, okay, yeah. Next week, we're going to talk about we're, we're going to make the argument that the prequels are actually good movies. 
I will swallow my own my own tongue during it, but <laughs> I will participate. We will, we will find everything. We will we will data mine everything good out of the out of the prequels. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. There is something cool about going. Wow, that dude's got a purple lightsaber. Yes, yes, he does. There's a reason for that. <laughs> There's a reason for that. Yeah, and then wait after the, the wait till after the movie. So yeah. they don't miss anything, and they say, okay, here's why Sam Jackson had a purple lightsaber. Because he demanded it in his contract. Because <laughs> he's Samuel fucking Jackson. Yeah. This is true. I'm sorry, you, you, left, you left the mother out of it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Samuel, Samuel motherfucking mother mother Jackson. Jackson, right? <laughs> it's yeah, a, you have to get it right. It's Amanda fucking Palmer, but it's Samuel, Samuel motherfucking, motherfucking Jackson. Jackson. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> right, right. But, and I think that's, that is the other thing about Geekton. Um, speaking from where I am. Mm-hmm. Geekdom allows us to love like and another great geek, you know, uh, our our guy Will. <laughs> um, you Will, know, I know you're listening. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> if you could shout us out on Twitter with your seven billion uh, followers, we appreciate it, right? <laughs> you know, it's just like Geekdom is loving what you love unabashedly, mm-hmm. but it also it opens up so many roads for us. As geeks, I grew up as a Star Wars fan. I grew up as a Star Trek fan. I grew up as a Lord of the Rings fan, and I turned all those things into a career. Um, you know, I'm trying to turn it into a career myself. And Just and now, <laughs> now things that we never thought possible, cosplay. There are professional fucking cosplayers. I am friends with two of them. People who <laughs> who make a living. No, no. Let me let me rephrase that. People who get to make a living being these characters that they adore and idolize and want mm-hmm. to be and want to embody, because they're saying, "Hey, this you know is an example. I want to be. I want to be this person." Um, you know. I think the Muppets. Um, you know, <clears throat> the um, that's a that's a running theme. Final of, thoughts, gentlemen. We're three. Yeah. Minutes. Is uh, you know, you have all these different, um, you have all the different personalities and stuff. I mean, we talked about you know Kermit being the the straight man, and he's he's often uh, herding cats since he's often the leader of like whatever the you know the, based on the premise like the I love that. The, the production I love that is expression, or herding cats. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. But anyway, my point is, um, you know, uh, Kermit, um, you know he. He, he both works with and is friends with so many different people, so many different interests, so many different personalities. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a good lesson, you know, mm-hmm. for people to, uh, you know, Kermit, Kermit takes it a little, a little too much to the extreme in the sense that he's always getting walked all over. And nobody should be a doormat. But right. I, it is... It he gets is, his own pretty regularly, too. It, it, is, mm-hmm. it is a good example of, you know, someone being able to uh, kind of... Um, communicate and relate to very different people, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's cool and, you know, when you talk about all the, the different fandoms and everything, uh, you know, obviously, you know, there are going to be people, uh, many different many different types of fans of many different types of things and there's a lot of crossover and, you know, it's just because mm-hmm. you're, you know, a fan of one thing doesn't necessarily mean you're not a fan of another thing, which I think the whole, 
uh, Star Wars, Star Trek, Blood's Crips thing is a great example. Yeah, Marvel, yeah. DC. Uh, <laughs> Marvel, yeah. DC. Yeah, I'm, all that. A, oh, I'm a Marvel, and I'm a DC. Yeah. <laughs> right. Silly video game console wars, etc., yeah, etc. Exactly. The list goes on and on. I would like to do an episode on the console wars at some point, just so we could oh, that, point out how can be, silly they were. There can be multiple yeah. episodes on that, considering there have been essentially console wars since Let's there has see. been We've consoles. We've got the Atari Nintendo console. Or, well, the, Nintendo yeah, the, Sega, the Atari... Right. Uh, the... the, the, uh, the, like, eight, the Atari console wars, the Nintendo console wars, the PlayStation Xbox console wars. Well, first there yeah. was the stick versus the rock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then, but, the okay, final, final, thought, final thoughts for me. Kermit has always embodied to me the eternal dreamer. Mm-hmm. The eternal optimist. You know, uh, it's not easy being green, you know, but the rainbow connection, the love of the dreamer in mm-hmm. me. And green is the, but green is the color of spring. Mm-hmm. And, and Kermit has always been that eternal cheerleader. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no one can really do the Kermit scream without waving their arms really yeah. far in the air. You can't, can't see it, but you, you know we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because also there's also the head wag, so it gives the... Yeah. <laughs> you kind of get that wobble, wobble thing going on. Um, Kermit has always been the eternal optimist and the eternal eternal cheerleader. Kermit, I think, since my earliest you know years, was the one cheering me on. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think just the endurance of the Muppets is you know, hey, this guy with an idea about how to do puppets mm-hmm. suddenly revolutionized. Yeah, differently than anyone else had done them before. Exactly, and suddenly completely revolutionized the industry, the entertainment industry. Mm. What, do you got anything? Just, it always amazed me growing up how they were able to take these inanimate objects that had no, their faces didn't change. Mm, but yeah. you, you still always knew how they were feeling, how they were acting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what just you always knew, knew when they were, you were sad, happy, angry, just. Mm-hmm. And they taught us to do that by watching them. Yeah. And you know. Kermit, to me, like for you, he was always the optimist. To me, he was like the epitome of the the most gracious host because he was mm-hmm. the leader of the entire. He was the host thing. Yeah. He was the MC, master of ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that. And I felt sorry. I always felt the most sorry for him for having to, because even though they never officially got together, he and Piggy were always supposed to be a couple, and he always had to put up with her shit. <laughs> well, you know, talk about and abusive, shit and all that. Talk about abusive relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing that I always loved about the Muppets, and what I continue to love about the Muppets, um, is how they can be appreciated by everyone. Uh, there is not a, you know, like, I look at my wall, um, my walls, and a lot of my stuff is, is I am Doctor Who, I guess you could say, is for, is for all ages. Cowboy Bebop certainly is, isn't. And then, of course, on the other hand, my My Little Pony poster uh, just, yeah, I'm outing myself as a brony. Um, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's it's kind of weird for an adult to like it, but it's a good show. But um, it's not weird for children 
of any age from 30, from, yeah, from 30. 30, yeah, any, <laughs> 30 to 3. Well, yeah, I was going to say any, chi- any child from 3 to 90 will enjoy the Muppets. Yeah, I was at my dad's um, for Father's Day, and it was after we had just gotten done eating, we were flipping through channels on cable, and the Great Muppet Caper was on TV. Oh, man, the Great Muppet Caper <laughs> and is so good. My dad is one of those guys who he doesn't like watching, cart- he liked watching Looney Tunes, but cartoons and other childish things he usually won't watch. Mm-hmm. As soon as he saw that, he just put the remote down. Yeah, <laughs> that's because the that's because the Muppets speak to humanity. They don't speak to an age group. Well, they speak to the child in all of us, even and, if we try to shut that child up. Yep. And my nieces were there, but they were all upstairs playing Nintendo, so there's nothing but adults in the living room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and everyone was watching The Great yeah, Muppet Caper. Yeah, we all watched. Yeah, that is all great. Of us were watching The Great Muppet Caper, and nobody <laughs> questioned it. Yeah. No one said, why'd you stop on this? You're just yeah. like, oh, cool. Yeah. It's the it's current. Great Muppet Caper... I made a couple comments about... It's probably uh, my third, my so fourth favorite Muppet movie, actually. My, my dad's uh, wife asked how they did a couple things, because some of the shots were like Miss Piggy coming out of the water perfectly dry, and I, somehow she didn't know how they did that. It's called so, cuts. Uh, <laughs> Do it in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> in reverse. Or in reverse, yeah. Um, so yeah. I had to explain a couple of the shots to her. Well, and, and the, the Muppets, I mean... There is almost no place I can go where I can't go, hello, Kermit Frog here, and not get a smile in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we've secretly replaced the dilithium crystals on the Starship Enterprise with new Folgers crystals. Let's watch and see what happens when they try to go to warp. Because I, he did, in fact, shill coffee at the beginning. <laughs> exactly. And, and, that was know, the first instance of the Muppets, was shilling coffee. Yeah. Yeah, and... and the, the thing is, is that I can't, there's almost no place I can do that where I don't get a laugh. Mm. And people don't instantly recognize that. My dad used to do that a lot, too. Well, um, that, that, that seems like a pretty good uh, way yeah. to end things out. So this has been The Great Neil. Muppet Mike. The one true Kermit. And yeah. as always, Wookiee. Wookiee, yeah. Animal. Um, <laughs> animal. Animal. <laughs> oh, uh, one other piece of quick digression before we before we uh, clear off here, just because um, I remember um, listening to a live recording of "They Might yes. Be Giants," um, and uh, Dan Hickey does a drum solo, and people and, and he starts for for uh, for drums in the style of this person, press or shout one, um, and. Uh, it was during is in the dial a song episode um, recording of she's actual size, but um, after about nine or ten different styles, a, ch- a chant goes up from the from the crowd, which is animal, animal, <laughs> <laughs> and he fun, and at which point he finds for animal from the Muppet Show, press or say nine, and they and everyone shouts, and he does a really good. Animal trumpet solo too. R.J. Uh, R.J. Hale from Hailstorm. That's his nickname. Animal. Yeah, because like the it. way he drums. <laughs> so yeah, that's one final digression though. Sorry. Uh, next week, yeah, we're gonna. Next week we will make an argument as to um, that the prequels were actually good movies. God help not us great, all. Not great, but not as horrible <laughs> as people say. Yeah. Right. 
Uh, until next, until then, though, this, uh, we already did a sign-off. We'll talk to you next week on Geek <laughs> Fanthology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter O and the number 14. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. Interstitial this week is Darkseyland, also by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast, or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. We read all of them. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by donating on our website, or at Patreon at patreon.com slash workingtheory. A final thought. Wait a second. A final thought? When was the first one? Oh, ho, 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 ho,